0: If you're applying to PA school in the 2024-2025 cycle, then I need you to know about our Pre-PA Academy. This is a group coaching program that I have wanted to start for so long, and I am pumped. So from February to October of this cycle, we will be working as a cohort through the entire application process. The way that academy works is we'll have three to four weekly sessions with myself and the other pa platform coaches where we will be teaching and doing group work and live personal statement editing live mock interviews question and answer office hours virtual shadowing and just walking you through this entire pa school application process we're going to start from your personal statement choosing the programs making a school list getting your application ready before it opens in April on CASPA to getting you ready for interviews. What to do if you're hearing back, what to do if you're not. This is like our webinar series, but so much more intimate talking to students who have joined the program. It really seems like they are most excited for the accountability, the support and the community through this process. And that is exactly what I wanted to offer. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. I promise. And, We're just going to have a good time getting to know each other and working through it together and learning from each other. I want you guys to learn from each other in the program. You can sign up at any time. The code, if you want $50 off of your registration, is HELLO24. And we would love to have you as part of our first cohort of Pre-PA Academy for this upcoming cycle. You're listening to episode 84 of the Pre-PA Club Podcast. Today, we're talking to Megan from Megan in Medicine, and she's going to tell us about her journey to PA school and what being a PA student has been like. She's about to graduate, so she's on rotations, and she has a lot to share. She goes to UTMB in Texas, and I'm excited for you guys to meet her. Welcome to the Pre-PA Club Podcast. If you want to learn how to become a physician assistant, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Savannah Perry. Let's get to it. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Savannah, your host and the creator of the Pre-PA Club podcast, a dermatology PA, and the creator of the PA platform. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for listening, whether it's your first episode or you've binge listened to all of them. Thank you so much for giving me the chance to just sit here and ramble to you. Um, I hope you find it helpful. But um, anyway, so to get into some stuff this week, there are a few things I want to talk about before we get to our interview with Megan. One of them being the Northeastern Pre-PA Conference that I mentioned. So this is going to be in Morristown, New Jersey on August Now, I'm really excited. I'm going to be there. I'm doing a talk, and I'm also hosting interview workshops throughout the day, and there will be different tracks that you can choose, so there'll be personal statement prep. There's going to be panels of PAs and PA students that you can talk to. A lot of different options to make sure that you get as much out of it as you want to. There will also be programs there from all over the Northeast. You know, they're going to have There are admissions people there for you to talk to, ask questions, meet them, um, make an impression. So it's going to be really, really exciting. There is early bird pricing right now for that. So if you go to the link in the description, and there's a discount code there as well, um, you can get a discount on the registration. And I look forward to seeing everyone there. Um, Dr. Lori Tark, who we talked to in a previous episode, she's set all this up. And, um, from what she told me there, it's about an hour train ride from New York. So pretty close to New York and I'm so excited. They do have hotel specials. If there's, if you're flying in or driving in and need a hotel, let me know and I can get you that information. So just shoot me an email, Savannah at the PA platform.com or, um, DM me on Instagram at the PA platform and I'll make sure that you have everything you need. If you're going to come there and let me know if you're going because like, screenshot your registration or something. I'm really excited to actually meet a lot of you. So that's really fun. Um also, my PA resource, I've talked about them before, but they are still offering their discount. So if you use the code prepa club for a personal statement editing service, you can get a discount there as well. So if you're working on your personal statement, if you're trying to kind of tweak it or if you feel like you're not on the right path, Make sure you have someone look at it especially someone who knows what they're looking for like the editors at my pa resource we're all pas um, most of us have worked with admissions we've read thousands of essays and so we know what we're looking for and what makes a good strong essay um, okay i think that's all of my announcements but if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast i would love if you would just hit subscribe on itunes leave us a review um, that helps other people find us and Um, share this episode I would love to see if you've listened screenshot it on Instagram and I will share some of those so that others can find it as well but yeah let's get into our interview with Megan and y'all are gonna love her one thing we also talk about is getting married in PA school because we both did that Um, and so she is awesome and I'm really excited to share her insight with you guys let's jump in
1: so I'm currently at UTMB it's in Galveston um I kind of got involved. I've always been interested in medicine, that whole story. Um uh, my dad is a dentist, so he kind of I guess opened the door for me in terms of that and then I was previously like pre-nursing and got into school, ended up like applying but just didn't feel right about it. My dad was like, you know, maybe you should do something else. Like just look into PA. And I was like, what's PA, you know? So I, um, ended up looking more into it and then, um, applied. And once I got out of school and everything and applied and the first time I applied, I didn't get in and it felt like kind of rushed in hindsight, but I guess I was just kind of like speeding through things kind of felt like I could have I took my little kind of gap year, I guess, um, worked and worked as like an EMT, worked as a scribe in a pediatric ER, and then reapplied and got in. So here I am now, but I guess right now, I mean, I graduate in August, and I'm most interested in ER at this time. So I really liked... Derm, when I did derm, and then I really liked ER, but I think for kind of the same reason. So I really like procedural things, so like the biopsies and suturing, and getting to do a little bit of that with derm, and like the cosmetic side of derm is always cool, it's just different. Mm -hmm. And then with ER, obviously the procedures, but I think, um just the fast paced kind of shift work while I'm young kind of thing. I think I'll probably end up doing ER first.
0: Yeah. That's one downside to DERM is that um, I don't know of any that aren't like this, but we're clinic based. And so I have a schedule and I see patients and um, my patients schedule six months a year, three months out. And so, I have to schedule my vacations and my time off about a year out. out. Mm
2: -hmm. And so
0: um, that kind of stinks. I don't have something like ER or urgent care or um, working in a hospital where I could switch shifts with someone or take off if I need to. And um, so I would say that is kind of a downside to something where you have a set schedule because you are kind of, I mean, even this week, my baby was sick and at one yeah. my, in the middle of the night when I'm up with her, my husband's like, oh, maybe you should take off tomorrow. And I was like, I'm like no, I, I can't okay, you're gonna see those 30 patients. Like you're going to call them right now. And yeah. So. Yeah.
2: Anyway. That's but, like real life. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's just something that, I mean, I don't think I really thought about that. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would have changed anything either, but. Um, for people who are looking at what they want to do, if you're looking for more flexibility with your schedule a little bit, I think. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. It's definitely it's something a to bit. think about. Mm-hmm. And, and so like, I guess so- the other thing, so P- it's just, it's, like, the grass is always greener yeah. because, like the hospital doesn't close so yeah. <laughs> you may have to work christmas you may yeah. have to work new year's you right. may have to work you know thanksgiving yeah which or saturdays you know and that kind
0: of in different shifts your your hours yeah. may not be the normal i mean i'm i'm home mostly by five every single day every day so, um, yeah i mean that's nice and i like that i mean, yeah I did not, I liked my time in the ER, but I will tell you after three days or four days of 12 hours straight, I was, I was done. I mean, you're over it. Yeah. Like all you do is go to work, work, come home.
2: Yeah. Sleep. Bed,
0: sleep. Yeah. Like get up, do it again. Like there is yeah. no time for anything else while you're on. I mean, when you're off, it's nice, but. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. I definitely think it's, like, a personality thing. I was and not the best saying. version of me during that month. I can say <laughs> it that. In work.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I just, like, feel like maybe it's because that's the only thing I've done. So, in college, like, working at the – I worked at the university hospital, and then after, like, scribing, which was ER, and then EMT, like – the only work I've done has been shift work. So maybe I'm just like more comfortable or I don't know, more used to it or whatever. But yeah. It, I don't know. It's definitely appealing for sure. And And I think younger, like, you know, fresh out, like I think this would be the time to do it as opposed to, you know, ten yeah. years from now if I'm like trying to have children or something like yeah, that. Yeah. And
0: you can I mean you can pick up shifts usually and
2: Bit of extra if you want to, whereas yeah. I really do that. I could go. I guess get a second job, but
1: um, right, it's really no, like great. saving up for something or mm-hmm. paying That's off loans. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, so, um,
0: yeah, no, it's it's great. I I definitely I I liked the are ER. the only rotation I didn't like was psych, and I think it was just the rotation I had because um, I was inpatient for four weeks and that was, yeah. that was a lot so. Um, yeah. I have, some of my classmates had great experiences, but just mine was, was a lot of really hard stuff. So. Yeah. Like emotionally
2: kind of hard too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It just, it was, it was a lot, but I loved everything else. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love OBGYN, surgery, endocrine. Really? Talking about. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I just, um, pretty much everything. Peds. I got really sick, but I didn't Yeah.
1: I still have Peds and ob Okay. and I also have Cardio, which okay. I did that one for like the same reason. I f- I feel like I've gotten more comfortable over rotations, just with the content of cardiology. But I feel like I could be better, and I felt like it would be good for like boards. You I know, know.
0: such a huge part. I wish I wish I did a rotation in cardiology. Yeah, for the sole purpose of knowing that I'm in derm now you know while you're on rotations that's your only chance if you know you're going to work in a different area some people are like oh i know i want to do derm should i do my electives in derm well yes because it's nice to get that experience but at the same time it is your only chance to explore the fields. yeah yeah so if you want to kind of get more of that foundation in cardiology or a different area like i think it's wise to do a rotation in it um, right which again hindsight's 2020, but at the time i was like no way i don't want like no. i'm, I'm not doing that
1: um when really it would have been extremely beneficial to- right but- just like a little bit of a foundation like i feel like it mm-hmm. obviously we can't master everything in four to six Definitely to not. eight weeks or whatever but um just that exposure and like having someone you know their whole job is to like teach you you know yes so yes. That's my next one. We'll see.
2: Awesome. Well, no! I, don't even,
0: I mean, do you feel like PA school has flown by?
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's. Look, I like when I went back on my blog because you were asking about like stats and stuff, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Shoot, I I actually just don't know those numbers anymore," but I like looked back and it was started in 2016. And I'm like, okay, that was literally right. That was right after I got my acceptance. I got my acceptance in October Mm -hmm. and I started the um, blog and I'm like, that feels so, it feels so far away, but then it also feels like so close. Like, how am I at the end of this journey? You know what I mean? It's, it's insane to me. Yeah. (laughs) And I
0: wish I could say, once you start working, it slows down.
1: But it yeah. literally just goes faster.
0: Really it's crazy. you yeah. just like,
1: you get in a groove, and then it's yeah. like you know, it's just like yes. fine. Yes, exactly. So, and then I'm sure kids too. Oh yeah, <laughs> I can't
2: believe my baby's eight months old. I'm <gasps> a little teeny baby.
1: Yeah, nature, but, um. yeah, I know it's seriously flown. So, and especially having like documented stuff like with blogging and everything, yeah. it's like what like even just like old Instagram posts and stuff I'm like what like this like why was I doing (laughs) even in just like two years like things have changed oh they change like daily Um, on those things
0: but anyway wait where did you go to undergrad
1: I went to undergrad at University of Missouri super random yeah are you from from Texas I'm from Dallas yes So from Dallas, went to private school pretty much my whole life. And then um, towards the end, I I think I was just kind of getting like, what what would I call it? Like, kind of like the travel bug or like, just kind of, I felt like I needed to go somewhere, which doesn't make a lot of sense, but I always had wanted to go out of state. And also somewhere a little bit more cold than Texas is. So I looked at like the neighboring states, like OU. I looked at OU. I looked at like LSU. I looked at Arkansas. But a a ton of people like from this area go to Arkansas. So I kind of didn't want to do that. And then ended up looking at University of Missouri. One of my friends from high school also was looking at it. So it felt kind of comfortable because i was like me you know what i mean that i'm familiar with and then no one else will be there and i can kind of like start i guess fresh or whatever so yeah that's what happened and then met my husband there and all of that so it was a good time
0: that's awesome what was your major
1: my major was bachelor of science and health sciences okay So at first we like had to declare pre-nursing. So I, I declared pre-nursing, took quite a few, we had, it was like pre-nursing classes. And then once I switched over, I just switched over to like science of health sciences and kind of got like the organic chemistry that I was missing and uh, pharmacology, like a couple other, like all of those kind of higher level things that we needed
0: okay um when you were going through your application cycles both the first Mm -hmm. time and the second time when you were accepted how many schools did you apply to and kind of walk Mm -hmm. us through what those outcomes were that first cycle and then compared to the second cycle
1: yes so first cycle i applied to at least i would say 10 to 12 schools um i applied pretty much everywhere in terms of, like, around the country. I applied to Texas schools, um, mainly Texas schools, because Texas has a lot of schools, and then I would get to get the chance to be at, in Texas and have in-state. And then I also applied to some California schools. I applied to Michigan schools because that's where my husband was. Um, that's where he's from. And then I think I may have applied to like Florida. I just was going everywhere. I was like casting a a wide net. So I, so I think I just wasn't one. I don't think I was as confident in my application. I felt rushed too. And then three, I didn't have as much knowledge about, the application process. So I knew that some schools were rolling and some schools were kind of like a hard deadline kind of thing, but I guess I didn't truly appreciate how early you kind of needed to place your application in for those rolling schools. So I think I applied pretty late. Like I applied like August, September, mainly towards their hard deadlines and not Like I did not apply early at all for any of them. So I didn't, I started getting rejection letters, which I was kind of like, I'm just going to try it. And if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, I'll reapply. Um, applied, got rejection letters. I was getting a little bit discouraged. Then I think around December, OU, like University of Oklahoma, um, Sent me an interview invite, and I went up there in early January, and I had the interview, and it was just like very average. Like it, it seemed I just wasn't super confident. I was really, really nervous, and it was like a two-on-one interview, so that's a little bit different sometimes too, uh, when it's like two people asking you <laughs> questions instead of one person. So it was just kind of. Like, eh, you know, like it wasn't super impressive. And I knew that coming out. So I just was like, you know, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And um, they, I think they just ended up rejecting me. And so I went into that next year. So that was like January, February. um, Went into that next couple of months repreparing my application and i think one of the biggest things that changed my application from the first time to the second time was i talked to this lady it was like a family friend that she worked uh for a pa program as like a clinical some sort of director or something like that and i just asked i was like hey like i know you through you know a family friend I'm like if you have a chance like can you go over my application with with me and see what I can improve on she was like yeah sure just like come up to my office so I went up I went up there and she was like yeah like you haven't really standing out in what you've really done and like you should do this to your personal statement and maybe you should continue volunteering and blah 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 she just kind of gave me some some pointers which I thought was really really helpful cuz I kind of was like where do I go from here so at that point i ended up volunteering for this like after school kind of program and it was actually like one of the top areas of children of refugees in dallas which was kind of interesting um so i ended up volunteering there and loved it actually so i just did that like once a week i uh started working as an emt then after that i what else did i do i shadowed more which once you get shot shadow- once you start shadowing you can like people just have other people. Oh yeah, you could shadow my friend, that kind of thing. So that was, once that's on a roll, it was pretty easy. Um, after that, I retook my GRE, ended up scoring one point higher, but I was like, whatever (laughs) I, I did what I could. And then, uh, what else? Then after that, I just edited my personal statement again and I really kind of just tried to focus on, on like selling myself and really explaining why I want to be a PA and why I wanted to be in the medical field. So I think my biggest piece of advice for those that are second-time applicants, which like there's a ton out there. First, like you just can't feel down on yourself. You can't feel ashamed, even if you see other people getting in the first time around. Um, I just think the biggest thing is to find every single weakness that you can on your application and somehow improve it. Like that means taking the GRE again and getting a point higher than last time, then, you know, you, you made the effort to improve it. And I'm, I'm sure people will look at that, especially if they see that you're a second time applicant. So I guess that's my biggest piece of advice. And, um, the second time I applied, applied to about the same amount of schools Um, applied very early. (laughs) I applied in like May. It opens in April. So I applied in like May, um, sent in, sent in all that stuff. Um, and then heard back pretty soon, heard back maybe like September, October ish for, I had four interviews in total and I got accepted at all four of those interviews. Yeah, all four of those schools.
2: So all
0: your improvements paid off.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and then like once you, I think once you have failed and like you put in the work to really try to like improve your application, improve yourself, and all of that, I think your confidence will just kind of automatically boost itself, knowing that you've done like you've done the work, you know you've done what you can. Oh, I also took, um, retook a class and that I like organic chemistry, like everyone else, (laughs) I got a a C in and I retook it and got like a B minus or something. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think if they see that effort, I think that's probably a big factor for them if they see second time applicants. So (laughs) those interviews, like it was just night and day difference. Like I wasn't, I mean, I was always, you know, you're always going to be a little bit nervous because you want to get in, but I was much more confident and like I could speak to my resume and like the work that I put in and all of that kind of thing. So that's my whole journey.
0: Gosh. Okay. So (laughs) at that point you're accepted to four programs.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so the programs I was accepted at, I was accepted at OU, which is funny, um, OU, Berry University, um, Texas Tech, and UTMB. So at that point, I was like, well, OU, OU has a pretty expensive program, especially for out-of-state students. So I kind of was like, okay, well... I I guess I would rather stay in state, and the same kind of thing with berries. So, um, UT Medical Branch, and it kind of came down to like family. Um, I have a ton of family in Houston, and Houston is like forty five minutes away from Galveston, which is where the school is. So. Um, I, I knew rotations would be in the Houston area and knowing that I would have like a place to stay or if there was a hurricane I could come up to you know what I mean like just an option for living in Houston and knowing that I could visit family was better for me than Texas Tech because Texas Tech is in like West Texas and it's just in the middle of nowhere.
0: Those are good those are good factors.
1: Location and cost for mine, too. So. Yes. Um, and I think UTMB, at least it used to hold this title. I'm not sure what it is at this moment, but it used to be the cheapest uh, PA program. Really? Okay. So it is, it's, like, significantly cheaper than <laughs> any other school. Cool. I don't know why, but that. it's um, nice.
0: Okay, can we talk about Texas schools for a minute? Yeah. Um how many of your classmates are
1: Texas residents?
0: And how many classmates do you have?
1: I have eighty-nine okay. classmates. Um it's also one of the biggest, I guess, big. programs or class sizes. Um probably I would say at least seventy five are from Texas. <laughs>
0: Okay, so this is, I just want people to hear this because when I'm working with people with, like, pre-assessments or emails or whatever, um, Mm -hmm. a lot of people want to apply to Texas
2: schools.
0: Yeah. But they have no connection to Texas whatsoever. And from what I have seen, Texas schools love Texas residents. And that's kind of across the board for all the public schools.
1: Private ones are a little
0: different. but. Um, I just wanted to know if your first-hand experience, that was true or not, so.
1: Yeah, I definitely think it is. I don't know if anyone necessarily says that outright, like, on their website or anything, but I, I think all public Texas schools, even, like, undergrad, I think they all preference Texas students
0: well I went to an in-state school in Georgia that was a Uh a public school and they they had to accept 90% Georgia residents to get there oh wow and so I don't know if it's the same in Texas or not but yeah out of 44 of us I think there were literally four or five that were out of state so
1: really huh yeah I didn't know that Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's a quota that they have to reach but I think they preference it okay well for sure I'm glad to hear you say that
0: so <laughs> everyone else can hear you <laughs> yes I
1: but i do have on their list. i do have there's one new yorker there's two people from oregon um which is kind of interesting um ooh, i think there's one from california But, like, that's really all that stands out to me.
0: Well, I mean, it's not to say it's not going to happen, but I think if you're going to, I think you should have maybe some type of connection to Texas Mm -hmm. um, or just an extremely impressive application.
2: um, Yeah. If you're not one of those very few out-of-state That make it in. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Anyway, so. It's funny. (laughs) funny. (laughs) Um,
0: Okay, so. For you transitioning from undergrad to PA school, so far and yeah. you're kind of towards the end, what yeah. has been
1: the most difficult part for you?
2: Um,
1: the most difficult part from undergrad to PA school, I would say definitely the time commitment. So the commitment is just completely different and I feel like I've heard that pretty much across the board from, like, my friend group in in PA school, um, when we, like, we were studying all day. And, like, you hear people say that all the time, but when you really think about, like, getting up, getting up, studying before class, having breakfast, going to class, sitting in class (laughs) until... 3, 4 p.m., going to the anatomy lab for two hours, eating dinner until 11 p.m., and then going home and, like, going to bed. It gets... Obviously, I'm blessed, and I'm thankful, and all of that, but it is a lot. And a lot of people kind of I I won't say they underestimate it, but it shocks a lot of people. And, like, I won't, like, there's people that have, like, anxiety attacks and things like that, like, that are actually, like, very serious in terms of that transition. And I think just from undergrad, a lot of people, especially I feel like in medicine, a lot of people in, like, the general population were just really smart, kind of naturally got things, didn't have to really study as much, may have done kind of poor in some classes, but overall, like, undergrad is pretty, like, steady. And then you kind of get into these professional programs, like PA school, like med school, etc. and then it kind of is like, ooh, like, now I actually have to quote unquote, try Mm -hmm. sort of thing. But I think that's the biggest thing. And then I think the second biggest thing would just be missing out on family functions, missing out going home, missing Mm -hmm. birthdays, engagement parties, missing, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like you don't get to talk to your loved ones as nearly as much or see them or make time. So I think that's the the other big transition where you're, you kind of have to be content with being like placing your life on hold for a second yeah. for about a year, really. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then kind of apologizing and getting back to hanging out with friends and, you know, clinical year is a little bit better for sure. But I think those are the two biggest
0: Okay, so you mentioned um, your husband mm-hmm. on Instagram. You posted a ridiculously gorgeous <laughs> wedding picture. I'm um, so
1: excited to yeah. finally put photos out. <laughs> I never – I, i like, took that break, and I needed it because I was, like, stressed. Like, like I said, I was – I don't know not... how y'all post on social media during PA school. There's no yeah. way – gonna... I I blog. felt the same way I didn't have the time mm-hmm. nor the energy like I didn't want to be like there was not a time that I was like let me just do my hair like there was never yeah. a time <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah so I finally got to post one so, so I'm excited was that during Grad or
0: before PA school or during PA school yeah
1: yeah so that was right in the middle of um PA school so it was at the very end of didactic year and right before my clinical year so okay. our school works so we have um i think we have 12 years of didactic
2: Twelve we years. have
1: it's 12 years <laughs> feels like <laughs> 12 months <laughs> 12 months of didactic we have one week off which is like our break or whatever. And then we have clinical year. Okay. So we got engaged in September, middle of September. You'd already started PA school? Already started PA school, started PA school in July, was trucking along um, in the middle of the first, or I guess the first full semester. We had summer semester, but the first full semester of fall, And um, got engaged complete surprise we had talked about it but it wasn't like it wasn't ever set in stone or anything like that and we had also talked about like oh like if we were to get engaged like would we do it while I was in school or would we wait you know we would have to wait until 2019 if we waited until the end kind of thing but got engaged talked about it and we just decided on that one week um, in the middle (laughs) In the middle of didactic and clinical, and the way that it worked, so we planned and planned, and it was it was honestly okay, but I had a wedding planner. my mom was a really big support, and she had gone through my older sister's wedding, so you know she was more she knew what was going on um like that and that's where we got a lot of things big things done and um so the way it worked we had um final exams and then I think we had some sort of like clinical practical sort of thing right before clinical year and then um that Friday I drove from Galveston to Dallas which is five hours and it was like three p.m. or something. So I got home pretty late. Got home around like eight. Um, Evan, which is my husband, his family had come down from Michigan. We like met up at at his apartment at that time, and um, just like hung out. Every I got to see everyone, and then went home and got ready for the rehearsal dinner the next day, or the rehearsal and the rehearsal dinner the next day. Ended up doing that. And then next day was the wedding. And then, um, that was on Sunday. And then that Monday morning, we went to Mexico for our honeymoon and went till like Saturday and came back. And then it was, I went right back down to Galveston to start my clinicals. So it was, it was definitely a whirlwind, but I don't think I would change it. And, now like being married and being more settled in um and me finishing up soon it kind of it just feels right and I'm happy I did it that way instead of waiting I think because now thinking about now it just sounds so much more exhausting obviously because you're like you've been through it but I don't think like I wouldn't change it
0: so I would say you're crazy but I did the exact same thing (laughs) Yeah. Um, which my program thought I was crazy. I don't know if yours was creative really? of this or not, or if they even cared, but,
1: um, my program, they had a lot of, we have a lot of girls in general, but we have 89, like we have yeah. 89 people and they had, they had been through it. So right. they were like, they're kind of like side-eyeing me, but you know, they had seen it before, yeah.
0: And so, yeah, we did the same thing, except for I knew, we, we kind of knew we were getting engaged. And so I kind of gave a little, like, you, yeah. you should really ask me before I start K-School. Um, and so we got engaged, like, a month before I started, which was nice because I had that month. And I, I nailed down all the big stuff, like yeah. venue
2: and photographer
0: and dress and everything. Um, yeah, I was like, we gotta get all done. And so then like my mom helped a ton. I was living at home that first year. So she was like, oh, cool. she would just like, I'd be studying and she would come and she'd be like, do you like this better or this? And I'm like, I don't care. Pick one. Yeah. I don't care. Pick yeah. one. I'm studying. Um, <gasps> which I could have probably been nicer, but, um, <laughs> she helped, she helped me a lot. So, yeah. um, yeah. And then once it got closer, I got a little more involved in the,
2: the, Excited.
0: yeah. And so we, Um, kind of did the same thing with, it was like before our last semester. So that last summer semester of didactic, we did Uh a full year of didactic. Yeah. Yeah. And so like right in between the summer, um, we had a week and, um, and my husband was in medical school. So he had a test that Friday. I had a test that Friday. We went straight to rehearsal dinner. And in the meantime, our schools like merged and changed the schedule. So I was actually supposed to come back the next week, but I already booked my flights and no. everything. So yeah, it was crazy. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the time, like I remember the day that I found out the schedule changed. My friend was sitting next to me, Danielle, and uh-huh. she was like, did you see this email? And I was like, like I think fumes were like literally coming out of my ears. I'm, yeah. Like, oh, called them a year ago and they told me um and it all worked out they were very they were like you know you covered your bases you could not control
2: this right
1: but like okay almost yeah my school almost did the same thing we were merging we were originally with the school of health professions like shp or whatever and then we merged with underneath the School of Medicine in the middle of the year. Why and <laughs> why? <laughs> so I had talked to—I mean, I talked to the people I needed to talk to after we got engaged, and they're like, "Yeah, this is the date. Like, this is—if you're gonna do it, like, this should be a little, triple checking." And uh, ooh, I don't know how close we were to it. It was sometime in the spring. And they were like, hey, like, you know, new schedule. Uh, it's going to be, it was some sort of like meeting with the um, with the faculty and the students. And they're like, yeah, so uh, instead of having this week off, you're going to have like the week after off or the week before off or something was one week off. And everyone like looks at me like, <laughs> like, no. And I'm like. I remember the same way. I like got hot. Yes. I'm like, this is not happening. I was like, well, I'm just not going to be there. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. And that's, that's how I was too. Like, sorry, <laughs> right, guys.
1: I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I did my due diligence. Yeah. And then um, they ended up switching it back, thankfully. Okay. But yeah.
0: <laughs> Unnecessary stress.
1: Wow. I know. What year was your husband then at that point? a first year it was first year yeah
0: so then it was nice that I mean like you said like once we were married and I started rotations um yeah we got to see each other more because when he studied for med school and I'm studying for PA school I mean we we didn't see each other we I mean yeah. we would meet up once or twice a week for lunch or to study I mean it yeah. we weren't just hanging out all the time um And so I think it was nice that we were already engaged and we like had the wedding to look forward to um, Mm -hmm. because it wasn't like we were, I I mean, we'd been together for, I don't know, four years at that
2: point. Yeah. And so it wasn't like
0: we were still trying to like grow this relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And so (laughs) um, I think that would have been a lot harder. And it was nice that we both, we understood (laughs) what the other person was going through a little bit Um. Whereas it, that may be more difficult with someone who is a non medical,
2: yeah, or spouse
0: or anything. So, um, because they may not understand like how, like you said, you're studying literally twenty four seven, and yeah, um, that was nice. And then yeah, being on rotations wasn't quite as bad, and we got to see each other more, and right. Um, so yeah, so I'm I don't regret it, and and what came down to for me was, um. I mean, while schooling and becoming a PA was important to me, I think my wife and my marriage was more important, and so I wasn't willing to
2: wait two years. Put
0: stuff or, on the back burner. Yeah, that just wasn't something I was willing <laughs> to wait on, so.
2: Yeah, um, I agree. I agree. We just did it. Yeah, just did it. Yeah, it
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So
0: it's possible, guys. I know. Um, yeah,
1: it's possible. Yeah. I know. I think with, like a good support system, it can happen. Yeah. But, sure. I mean, relationships
0: do end during PA school. Um, yeah. they do. And, and that's possible too. It's not necessarily the
2: easiest thing. And um, yeah, it's really stressful. Yeah.
0: It's stressful. I mean, you have to kind of have the right expectations, but I agree. Um, all right. So we already talked about, you kind of to one do ER, but at this yeah. point, I mean, Looking back, what, I ask everybody this, what advice would you give to other, to pre-PAs who are like, I'm not sure if I want to do PA, I'm
1: kind of on the fence, what would you huh Well, <clears throat> I think one of the biggest things that sold me on like PA versus RN versus MD kind of thing was shadowing them. So like i can't place enough importance on like getting out there connecting with people and some there's always there's always going to be a connection through someone um and just really seeing what these people do on a daily basis and asking the questions like like work life balance if that's important to you or if it's more important for you to know all the details about medicine really be the authoritative kind of provider or is it are you someone that would rather just take orders and really be bedside and get to speak with patients and kind of do that kind of thing but I think I didn't really know what people did until I shadowed them and I truly can say that like at first I shadowed nursing and I I liked it I think um I, at first for me, it was like nursing versus MD. So I shadowed a nurse. I don't, and with the, and maybe it could have just been the specialty that I decided to shadow in or whatever the case is. It, I, everyone's different. Um, and everyone can make their own kind of sacrifices in life, whether that means like, I'm going to work more, I'm going to work less, but um she <clears throat> the doctor I shadowed, she was in OB Gen and she worked her clinic and then she would be done around five after seeing a million people and then she would hop back and forth to the hospital that she was at, checking on people, making sure, you know, labor, or whatever. Um then it would be from 5pm to 10pm, she's laboring with someone like waiting for them to give birth. And then while that's happening, someone is planning on having a C-section at 2am. And like it to me, I was just like, while this is cool, like, how, like, how's this going to work with life? Like, I want to have more of a, a life outside of school and outside of work. And I want to you know, I don't know. I, I can't, I can't make it sound like you can't like be a doctor and like not have a family. Cause that's definitely not the case, but I wanted to play. I wanted to have a more level or equal kind of playing field. Um, so that kind of, I guess, deterred me at first from MD and then with RN, I, I kind of felt like a, I, I wanted a little bit more. So. When I finally shouted a PA, I just felt kind of at peace with the amount of work that they do or we do, the amount of knowledge that we have, um, the fact that we can change um, specialties, like we're trained as generalists and that we're able to change around if we want to. And that was another big thing for me, just knowing that I have multiple interests like really truly focusing in on one specialty for the rest of my life, no matter what the scheduling is like, you know, that kind of gave me a little bit of fear as well. Um, But I think the biggest thing is to reach out, shadow and really research like what the entire package is, not just what people are getting paid, not just, the amount of schooling, or you know that kind of thing, you gotta really dig deep and see what people are doing on a day to day basis. Because, I mean, that's like the rest of your life. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I would definitely say shadowing.
2: Yeah,
0: I, I agree with you. um All right, now where can everyone find you?
1: You can find me at uh, Megan and Medicine, and it's M E G H A N in medicine, um, on Instagram. And then I have my blog at the same, um, address. It's just meganinmedicine.com and that's it.
0: Okay. Y'all, I hope you really enjoyed hearing from Megan and, Um, yeah, go check out her website and I'll put the link in the description so you guys can find her and I'm sure she's happy to answer any questions you have, but thanks for sticking with us. I think I could have talked to her for a lot longer, but, um, maybe we'll just do another interview one day. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. Another thing I just wanted to mention is Metalita is having a huge sale right now. Um, and Metalita is near and dear to my heart. They are a scrub and white coat company started by a PA, but they have stethoscopes on sale, white coats, um, scrubs, all kinds of stuff. So if that's something you are needing or looking for a gift for someone, um, make sure to check them out. I'll put the link in the description too. And then you can use the code PA platform one for a discount there. Um, I think it's 20% off. And then in, if you get on their email list, they have tons of discounts. So All right, I will see you guys next week. And if you need anything, let me know. Thanks for listening.